0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. For me, anyways, it's a pretty privileged view, but the pandemic was, you know, this opportunity to stop the touring cycle, which obviously we love touring, but um, it was really an opportunity to get a few things sorted. And I think including that was my health a little bit, being on the road so long, you know touring for several months a year for about five years. I just kind of let things lapse a little bit. So when all the gyms shut down in March, 2020, I've never really ran before, but because I was really into weightlifting and that sort of thing, I started running and then I kind of didn't stop running. And now I do now I've sort of gotten into ultra marathons and that sort of thing. So I've become a really boring person. Um, Everything that made up my personality has just kind of washed away and I've become this guy that runs now.
1: Hey, what's up, Vox & Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast brought to you by Sound, Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice, but more than that, I would love for you to rate it and write a review. Now, why do I want you to do that? Well, you have to imagine that when someone is looking for a new podcast to listen to, what do they do they scroll down they look at those reviews if those reviews are favorable and they say that my podcast is amazing that i have the best guests that i'm a great insightful host that i ask great questions well they might just give that podcast a chance so by you rating the podcast or even better by writing a review You might actually be the person that helps sway someone's decision to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, and that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today's episode was recorded at this month's Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang. You should have been there. It was an absolute blast. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 356 with Jordan James of Disentune.
0: I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am very stoked to be back with Jordan James of Disentomb. Jordan, it's been a hell of a long time. Uh, Little did we know when we sat down together in the fall of 2019 that uh, a whole global pandemic would keep us apart for this long, that we wouldn't be able to hang out. We wouldn't be able to drink beer at St. Buck as we did when I recorded episode 88 with you. Uh, let's dance into a very simple question to start. Jordan, how are you doing?
0: Aside from technical difficulties, uh, pretty good. Um, I'm on paternity leave at the moment, so my wife and I welcomed our uh, second child into the world two weeks ago. So I'm on holidays at the moment, which is, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like holidays because it's a lot of sleepless nights. But other than that, working on New Disentomb, getting ready to release that. So between fatherhood and brutal death, uh, you know, going
1: pretty good. You're, you're living on fumes. I know what those those first weeks are like. It's so, so difficult to be a father. And here you are in Vox and Hops, and you're in Australia. Here I am in Montreal. Everyone else joining here right now that I can see right now are in uh, North America. So it's nighttime for us, so we're drinking beer. But you're being a trooper, and you're having a beer right now, which I love. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. What are you drinking right now? what are we sharing virtually today jordan i'm
0: drinking a burley twisted palm by burley brewery so it's a uh, brewery that's right near my drummer's place on the gold coast so it's a tropical pale out nice uh, so it's quite refreshing so it's not too bad to have in the morning actually
1: it's uh, i was just gonna say it's, it's basically like orange juice i i i appreciate the sacrifice uh the the from experience it's best to stop after that one if not uh the day keeps going. Yeah, definitely. I think
0: I'll switch back to tea after. <laughs> uh,
1: this is a special brew from Ghost Town Brewing that I've been looking forward to drinking. It's called Zest for Death. It is um, from their special Barrel Age series. Um, it's super fucked up. I really, really am very excited for it. Uh, they got to California and Kumquats, Grapefruit Skin. Um, it's It's just juices from the flesh of both it's it's gonna it's been got mixed fermentation O cage, uh very stoked to try this massive shout out to uh jameson kester for hooking me up with this one when he hooked me up with some of the devastation on the nation brews that he uh sent me it was awesome i'm very stoked i'm gonna crack this and uh i would love 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 to hear about The shittiest question that I'm going to ask you from here on out, is going to get more fun, but it's the question that I have to ask everyone since it's been so long, we haven't hung out. Uh, how the hell did you cope with the glorious years of 2020, 2021, and most certainly, hopefully not the rest of 2022. How have you been coping during these wonderful, wonderful times?
0: So I I think, um, for me anyways, it's a pretty privileged view, but the pandemic was, you know, this opportunity to stop the touring cycle, which obviously we love touring, but, um, It was really an opportunity to get a few things sorted. Um, And I think including that was my health a little bit. Um, Being on the road so long, you know, touring for several months a year for about five years, I just kind of let things lapse a little bit. So when all the gyms shut down in March 2020, I've never really ran before, but because I was really into weightlifting and that sort of thing, I started running and then I kind of didn't stop running and now I do now i've sort of gotten into ultra marathons and that sort of thing so i've become a really boring person um (laughs) everything that made up my personality has just kind of washed away and i've become this guy that runs now so it's um other than that i spent a lot of 2020 um because my work didn't shut down um i work in the media so obviously it was quite busy for us um but working from home um yeah, and just really got into running, got into really focusing in on myself a little bit. You know, it, it sounds super cliche, but getting into yoga, getting into meditation, and actually sort of it, it was a really good opportunity for me to reset, and I think all the guys in this and tomb found the same thing, um, where we've sort of been able to refocus on ourselves, and now it's sort of, going back in now everything's opened up again in australia for the most part um you know we can tour internationally again um and getting into the swing of the things yeah it's just now juggling you know our new lives that we've had to build with um with you know, i guess our old lives which was you know touring and living sort of a pretty crazy lifestyle
1: It's a, it's a it's a baffling thing to to have one identity and then all of a sudden it's like it's taken away from us. It's gone. But good for you. You could have gone either way. I've spoken to people that have gone one way or the other way. You went towards the healthy route, uh, the getting your your angst out, uh, not on stage, but through running and health and uh, meditating and yoga. And that's commendable. It's uh, to find the balance between the two once you're out there. That's.
0: I, I, I should I should say there was definitely a point where I think the first two weeks of lockdowns and everything. Um, because the bottle shop's never closed. Like, you could buy alcohol still and I, I don't know if that's just an Australian thing, but, you know, you could still buy alcohol at all hours. But, um, yeah, for the first two weeks, my wife and I were getting a bottle of red wine every night and sort of just, you know... And then I was sort of noticing, I was looking at my clock every day at about five, being like, oh, you know, it's wine time. And then after about two weeks when I started getting sort of... Because I've never been a big drinker, but when I... um when I started noticing I was getting those sort of cravings a bit, because I think I do have an addictive personality. When I started getting those cravings, that's kind of when I'm like, oh, shit, I need to stop this. And that's when I sort of just started running instead and tried to get addicted to something that wasn't, you know, going to make me feel like shit in the morning.
1: Absolutely, and it makes you feel amazing running. You you chase that runner's high. I've heard you. you Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a real thing. And then you have to run farther and farther to keep getting that same level of exhilaration. It's a it's an addictive personality thing for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Because I I started running, I I could only run two hundred meters when I first started, and I was yeah, I I really couldn't run. I've never ran in my entire life until like. Just before I turned thirty, could only run two hundred meters, and then um, that was in twenty twenty. And then last year, I ran my first hundred kilometer, which is eighty miles. And Didn't then not
1: you run something like overnight in the night? Am I yeah? Yeah. That? So I ran.
0: Yeah, I ran for fifteen hours, um, from seven a.m. until ten p.m. <laughs> but, I mean, it's kind of like, I guess you know, don't just get into metal, get into brutal death metal. You know, don't get into <laughs> running, get into ultra marathons. <laughs> I guess. I know, my wife, when I started running, she's like, oh, you're going to take this to some sort of (laughs) stupid level. And, you know, she was right.
1: Well, cheers to that. Cheers to healthy decisions versus uh, unhealthy ones, uh, despite how much they hurt in the morning sometimes. Ooh, This smells amazing on the nose. The the zesty, oaky. Colors, gorgeous, light yellow hay color. Tart, tart as hell. Woody, very cool. Very cool. Zest for death. Love it, love it. Ghost Town Brewing. If you can get it, get it, people. Um, a question I didn't ask you last time, which I always end up asking, is uh, the soundtrack of your youth. Uh, when you're growing up in your parents' or guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents' or guardians' listen to? Honestly,
0: honestly it was pretty um, stock standard in terms of, I'm not sure if anyone outside of Australia has heard of Jimmy Barnes. No, Jimmy Barnes is like a real Australian sort of, he's like mainstream ACDC.
1: Really? Um, okay
0: yeah yeah so it was a lot of Jimmy Barnes it was a lot of um dire straits as well you know that sort of thing and my dad was really into Pink floyd um so that was kind of what was my soundtrack growing up um and I guess you know things like a c d c and then I think it was when I was around eight or nine because I had two older i have two older brothers um and that's when you know they were they were around and you know they were sort of 15, 16, around the year 2000, 2001. And then naturally system of a down sort of started being played in my house and corn and Marilyn Manson and that sort of thing. And that's naturally where I sort of gravitated
1: to uh, who got into the Maddy ways first. Cause I know that he's a, your, your biggest inspiration influence. Did, did you get more brutal than your brothers or did they go there and show it to you?
0: No, they kind of stopped around uh, the system of a down phase <laughs> and then, um, it was because Jake, Jake and I lived in a small town together. Jake, the guitarist of Disentomb, We lived in a town of about 4,000 people. Um, and he had an older brother who was the same age as my middle brother. And we, we both were in a system of a down, like, you know, around the ages of, you know, 10 or 11. And then we just started sort of getting into together. Um, this is back in the LimeWire days. We just started downloading, like, Cannibal Corpse. And I think we were 13 when we first heard Brodequin and started downloading and just sort of it became this sort of search for what's the most heaviest disgusting most disgusting thing in the world and then <laughs> i think it was jake who discovered disgorge mm. um, and then showed it to me and then it was a really weird thing where we were in this mall when i was like 14 and we there was like a, a shop selling bootleg shirts and there was a disgorge um cranial impalment shirt this is like in this random mall i don't even know how they would have had a discord shirt. And we ended up buying it like together because and we, we couldn't even like, as, as ridiculous as, as it sounds, we <laughs> couldn't even read the Discord logo. Mm. But it just, it was like a guy with a knife going through his head. So we're like, oh, that is sick. And then it ended up being, you know, we we're wearing it around, not knowing what it is. We're like 14, 15. So it was ridiculous, but it ended up being, you know, one of our favorite bands and literally one of the most influential albums in the genre um cranial empowerment so that's kind of the weird sort of way we got into disgorge and they're still my top tier favorite band
1: i know i love it i love it did you you bought it together did you each buy one or did you share a shirt
0: there was only one (laughs) (laughs) we were were in the city for the day and then we literally went back to our country town of four thousand people and yeah it was weird times it was the early 2000s
1: what was was there a schedule how did you orient
0: <laughs> there, there wasn't a particular schedule i think it was uh you know i think it stayed at jake's place
1: uh what was your family's reaction to you getting into much more extreme music
0: uh i think my, my parents were always very sort of supportive and open so um they, they didn't really care too much i think i can remember one or two conversations being like oh You know that they were kind of weirded out by the music and i think when i started trying to do vocals around the age of 15 in the shower (laughs) they were sort of you know my vocals definitely got better when i moved out at 17 because you know i didn't Mm -hmm. have my dad knocking on the door telling me to shut up Mm -hmm. you know so
1: it's a really important thing for people learning vocals to to, you have to not be shy and it's such a hard thing to do when you know people are listening and you're learning right unless you just have that personality that can just pull it off
0: (laughs) Yeah, and if you have like you know, people telling you to not do it, <laughs> it's definitely uh, it'd be definitely a bit difficult. Or if you have neighbours, that might call the cops on you or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so you go through all this you you end up you know this tomb starts um how you obviously finished your schooling because you work in the media you i know you're a journalist so so you you did the right thing uh, what do, what do your parents- think now now that you 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 obviously have succeeded uh toured the world for five years straight um a father of two an accomplished uh, journalist so so what what is their how do they feel about you as an extreme vocalist, or how do they feel about extreme music now?
0: I think it first dawned on like my I remember the conversation I had with my mum where you know she was aware we were playing shows in Brisbane and like we would like which we all moved to to study at university, and then we eventually would play interstate shows when we were like eighteen or nineteen and then I think it first dawned on my mum that this is a real thing when we did our first European tour in twenty eleven okay. so I remember her being like like. You know asking are you serious like you know are you actually doing like is it actually going ahead and then once we actually went over there, I think it first dawned on my mum that you know there's a that there's actually a a crowd that listens to it that it, there's actually a following to the genre um and you know and then it eventually turned into like all mums you know mum doing those um cringe sort of proud of my son posts like posting photos of me looking like an absolute like You know, pulling faces on stage, and you know, doing whatever I do on stage, posting those photos and saying my son's going over to Europe today. You know, bragging to all of her friends. You know, she the very supportive.
1: It's important, and um, it's hard when you're young to to I don't want to say do do the right thing, but to to do the backup plan thing, the safety net thing. That's the right thing. It's it's hard to do the safety net thing. Of getting a career and pursuing your art at the same time it's it's something that is as an artist is extremely difficult to swallow but if you can do it and if you have that mental capacity to juggle many things I encourage everyone to do it but it's not easy was there moments for you where it was like I just want to just I want to be an artist I just want to do I want to go tour and there was the obligations of finishing schooling. Was that difficult? I remember for myself, it was, it was, a, it was a juggle.
0: So we did our first European tour in 2011, after, just after I finished university. So well, I finished university, and then I actually just sort of had a gap year working as a forklift driver in a factory, um, just sort of finding out what I wanted to do if I wanted to use my degree. And then we did our first European tour. And then we came back, and I started my career in um, the media. And then it was this, it was actually a really difficult juggling act for essentially the entire time we've been touring. Where uh, thankfully, my company and um, the people I report to have been very supportive over the years. And I would use all my leave, all my holidays to go tour. So it was, there there were times of extreme stress um, where I'd be trying to work really hard and I'd work extra hard when I'm back from tour. And then, and then going away on tour, using all my holidays, you know, it, it was, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it if you think you're capable, unless you think you're capable of it, or, or if you want to do it. But um, it was extremely stressful, and some of the times, you know, just you know, being able to make both of those things work um, at the same time, especially if you have a partner as well, you know, so that's why you know it was much easier to get the start going in early 20s before everything kicked off um and now and and that's i think the the hardest thing that's going to be going back into it where we're in that phase of our lives where you know we've got children and stuff now and you know that last tour i did in 2019 i didn't have a daughter i came back home and five days later my daughter was born
1: that's true that i remember it's um you're gonna miss a lot of things and it's something that as an artist we have to accept, <laughs> which sucks. Definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we actually have our first tour. Um, well, we, we've played a few festivals during the pandemic um, around Australia, but we, um, we, we have our first tour, an Australian tour with Defeated Sanity, and it's only one week, but that's, that'll be good to ease us back into it while juggling everything else you
1: know so absolutely it's a monster of a tour defeated sanity wraith from july 7th to the 14th um bunch of dates australia rocking it uh your first time away from your baby are are, are you are your first time away from from the kids in general um are you ready for that i wanted to do a whole segment later on about being a metal dad and and the balancing act here i guess this whole episode's basically going to be about balance here we go i like i'm liking this this thematic that's come up the balance of, of being an extreme metal father uh, are you prepared for that uh, luckily we have the the world of technology at our fingertips where we can we can just face time and be in the house for a second albeit it's extremely difficult and completely not the same but it is a special little way for us to connect with our family even if we're away are, are you prepared for missing things and, and being away and finding that balance.
0: Yeah. I think I'm mentally prepared for it. Um, but I think just leaving, you know, I think the biggest thing is probably dealing with the guilt of being away, from, you know, the because when you leave, you understand the load is going to be extra on your partner and you will miss things. So I think naturally that's going to come with its fair share of guilt and, you know, and that sort of thing. But, um, thankfully, what will make it easier is all the guys in distant are you know literally my best friends um you know and it's never a, a depressing time to say the least, so you know oh, I think that will help definitely and and the guy actually the guys in the band are you know quite you know involved and try to be involved with my kids, so it's um that will be quite understandable.
1: So. It's a whole family, and I love it. I love a, a family band situation that becomes a part of, of the family. It's it's a special thing to have, so you guys should keep embracing that. Uh, you guys have been busy. Uh, the Decaying Light was a massive success. Uh, people were freaking out. It's so good. You're writing a new EP. Uh, what can you tell us about this? Uh, I've seen nothing online, so... I feel like uh, we got some breaking stuff here. What's going on with this new EP for Distant 2?
0: Yeah, look, it's only four tracks, um, so it's a really short release, um, but it's the first time the majority of the music has actually been written by our bassist, Adrian Capoletti. Um And it's, I would say, its some of our most accomplished work. It's definitely a step forward from The Decaying Light. Um, and Misery, it's just, it is a progression. Um I just finalised vocal patterns and lyrics just earlier this week, actually. Um, And it's going to be called Nothing Above. And, yeah, it's – the artwork is going to be done by Nick Keller, who did The Decaying Light and Misery. Um, You know, he's a fantastic artist. And, you know, everyone says this is our most accomplished work, but I think anyone who listens to this will hear – you know, if if you're a fan of Distant and you've listened to Distant previously, you will hear elements of Distant but – you'll also it's much more expensive um and it's still got gutturals over it so people will still be stoked um (laughs)
1: you
0: know it it still sounds like i'm vomiting over some really technical music so it's um i think i think people will like it well to be honest i don't give a fuck if people don't like it but i'm kind of beyond that but
1: (laughs) it's yours it's yours own it uh i am in the process right now of writing vocal patterns and lyrics.
0: How do you find writing vocal patterns?
1: It's tedious but I'm, I'm really really lucky to have Christian Donaldson in the band and he definitely works with people all the time so he knows what is redundant and what is fresh and he's extremely difficult on me. For myself I, I need to really just comprehend the music first. It's, it's extremely difficult honestly where is the one why is there only three and a half this time where is the rest of it it's it's extremely complex stuff the new cryptopsy that we're working on right now uh, how do you basically go about structuring your songs and go about creating uh, patterns for yourself the importance of lyrics we spoke about that last time about the importance of lyrics even though no one can understand what the hell we're saying sometimes
0: <laughs> look go Admittedly, as a non musical person, oh, I'm I'm completely I'm the least talented person in the band by far. I, I can't play an instrument at all. Um, as you saw from the technical difficulties, I have some issues with uh mastering a laptop sometimes. So um so understanding the technicality of our music is a real um, is a real challenge sometimes and that's where I do need the help of JK guitarist or our bassist, Adrian, to sort of really sit down with me and and go through it with me. Um, And then once I am really sit down and listen to it and get a feel for it, then I can kind of hear the phrasings and how it's going to go. And the way I write, it's vocal patterns first. You know, I go through how the syllables are going to be and then I match and then I write lyrics and match the lyrics over it. That's kind of what works best for me, to be honest, Um, rather than trying to write lyrics and fit them into songs.
1: It's so hard. I've tried both ways. And even with this one that I'm writing right now, which is a full length, um, I have done some where it's the lyrics and I go and attack it and it doesn't feel as natural. So I stopped doing that and I kept going forward with the let's dissect these patterns and see what fits, but really just comprehending the basics of what's going on in the song is definitely step one. And that just, it's massive amounts of listening. A a trick that I've been doing, and it's the first time I'm doing this because of the podcast, is I use Reaper to edit all my shit. Uh, So I've been dropping the file, the song into Reaper, and then I've been just slowing it down so I can actually hear the riff at at a slower tempo so I can actually understand what the hell they're playing (laughs) or count the amount of snare hits that Flo's doing or stuff like that. It's actually been really um, helpful. It's something that I've I've actually really enjoyed doing.
0: I've actually done the exact same thing where I've been using Reaper for the first time and just cutting the riffs up and listening to the riffs over and over again and and just sort of having that on repeat that's been really helpful.
1: That's a good idea too. That's a really good idea. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I have I have three four more songs to do. Uh you mentioned Adrian wrote most of these four tracks. Uh is that because of the situation of the pandemic for him? He found himself in a, in a in a situation where he could write and record. He was more had more time on his hands. well What's the reason behind him writing more than previous releases?
0: I think it probably comes down to writing a little bit more because he has time on his hands. Um, Jake, our guitarist, has sort of started his own career um, due to the pandemic. You know, he's really doing well in his job. Um, since everything shut down, he's, you know, excelling in his job. So I think Adrian does have a little bit more time on his hands and it just naturally came that way. Um, the, the crazy thing is Adrian is such a masterful musician and him and Jake's playing style is so similar that you can't hear too much of a difference. You can hear differences, but they are very similar in, in a lot of ways. And they're, and they're both influenced. You know, I think if you had... You, you could have the most technical guitarists in the world, but if they don't have the foundation musical influences, it's just going to sound completely different. But thankfully, Adrian literally has the same foundational musical influences as Discord, Immolation, Gorguts. And with that ulcerate sort of style, that naturally, he's just imp- he's influenced by the same things as what Jake is, and so it comes out the same as well. And he kind of understands what we're doing.
1: When you understand what the essence of a band is, you're going to live within the realm of that band. It's it's so important for that, and it takes time that. And and that's what the difficult thing for Donaldson, Chris, Christian Donaldson, when he joined Cryptopsy, was was to to claim the identity of Cryptopsy and make it his own, but still remaining within what Cryptopsy is. And he's definitely mastered that with the new stuff and with the Book of Suffering EPs. Shout out to you, Donaldson. You know I love you. And we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxenhopscom slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. I have a brand new segment. I've been dropping it in on every interview recently. Uh, it's about mental health. I, I would love to hear about what you do for yourself. Uh, when you feel not well, when you feel like you need some help, uh, when you're having a dark day, what do you do to cope with that? And then a secondary question is, when you feel like your friends are not doing well, how do you reach out to them and what do you say to them?
0: No, those are really good and important questions. And I think from the mental health perspective, it's understanding what sort of releases the pressure in your life. And for me, like that ended up becoming running um, meditation like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be that guy that just talks about running, but you know, and a big thing for me as well is I, I go through bouts of deleting my social media where I just delete the apps off my phone and it's not necessarily, I'm addicted to posting on, or I'm not addicted to, but I'm addicted to just scrolling doom scrolling. And Oh, I don't know if anyone else. Like, I, I figured a lot of other people do it, but I just find myself mindlessly going through it, and then I'm like, "Where did the last hour go?" And then I just feel like absolute shit. And so, well, I think some of the some of the best things I've done for myself is when I've deleted it for a week, and you you notice for the first day or so. You check your phone, and you like you automatically go to go to your app.
1: You know exactly what that button is, right? And it's it's not there.
0: <laughs> and, and then you have to try and fill that gap of time with other stuff, whether it's reading or just you know going for a walk or something like that. But well, I think for me, and I would recommend it to anyone. And I honestly think if if I can do it, someone who never had really run in their entire life, um, just start out running. Because if I go for a run for an hour, or even half an hour, you know that's that's half an hour I'm not on my phone. That's half an hour I'm not talking to anyone else. Actually, and it's half an hour I'm just to my like to my own thoughts. Um, or if I'm listening to music, it's an opportunity where I can listen to an album that I love, where I can really deep listen to it and focus on my breathing, and it can become quite meditative. So I, I think that's kind of what I do to sort of because I, I think I am partial to to feeling. Like I think most people are feeling down about things. That, you know, everyone goes through the things if it's lack of sleep or whatever, you can just or if it's work, stress, that sort of thing, you can feel it. Um, and everyone does. So that's where I I try to be super conscious and intentional about things that, you know, are good for me and are gonna be good for me tomorrow and gonna to be good for me in a in a month from now. When it comes to dealing with friends who may be going through things I think it's – well, one of the positives, I guess, around the pandemic is it's kind of broken down the stigma of just FaceTiming people.
1: That's true. Just just take a shot at it, yeah.
0: Yeah, but for me it has anyways where, you know, disentomb like the, the other guys in the band, we never really FaceTimed each other before the, pandem- before the pandemic. And then now, you know, we are partial to having group calls and that sort of thing and, and just calling each other one-on-one. Because I think it's one thing to message each other and say, oh, you know, reach out if you need anything. But everyone knows when you're feeling absolutely fucked, the last thing you're probably going to do is reach out even though you should. Um, So I think just probably sporadic calling friends and sort of, you know, being a positive pest in a way. Um, (laughs) and, And I think being totally transparent with your feelings, like, you know, I'll tell the other guys in a distant and the other guys who I'm super close friends with that I love them, you know, like totally just be transparent with how you feel with one another. And I don't know, it, there's no simple solution to helping, you know, someone through their issues or, you know, to help sort of bring a bit of light into someone's life. But well, I guess for that, that's kind of what's helped so far.
1: The the pandemic definitely showed us that we can't take anything for granted. So so tell your friends you love them. Tell you how tell them how you feel about them. It's an important message. I like that. I think that it's very important to you don't you don't want people feeling alone when they are truly loved as we love our friends. So tell your friends you love them. I like that very much. Um, I'd love to talk more about running. What would be some advice? You said, you mentioned everyone should start running. Uh, what is the first step if someone's listening to this and they've been thinking about running? And coincidentally, I literally got new running shoes today. So, so talk talk to me about what, what steps should someone take if they want to start running?
0: I think that's a good start, getting proper shoes. And then just honestly going, just try and run 100 meters. And it's going to feel fucked. Your lungs are going to collapse. Like I used to be a pack a day smoker when I was on tour. So like, yeah, yeah, so my lungs were just totally shot. Um, so I, I think just try and do small incremental runs and just up the, in, you know, up the distance every now and again and don't, you know, don't try and get into it too hardcore from the beginning because you're just going to not enjoy it because the whole thing is trying to enjoy it. It, it It's a really hard thing because you're not going to enjoy something that makes it feel like you have a chest burster inside you. But... <laughs> It does. It does get better, and you know the runners high does actually exist. Um, and I think a big thing is people probably are kind of a bit like I know this was for me, anyways. I was in my head about like how I ran, like I was real self conscious. Like the way about, you you, know,
1: the way you looked while you ran.
0: The, the way I look when I run, and that sort of thing. Which you know I don't know if anyone else feels like that, but I was like, and then it's kind of, and then I just got into this mindset like anyone who kind of is looking down on me for the way that I run or whatever. Like, fuck them, they're a piece of shit. So I don't know, like, have a spiteful attitude when you go for a run. And tell
1: <laughs> you, are, you are the one going for a run and they're not, so.
0: Yeah, that's what I try to tell myself. But, <laughs> yeah, try not to be self-conscious. Start slowly. Expect there to be a bit of pain. If there's too much pain, just maybe slow down a bit and, you know, try and enjoy it. And 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 look at it as a as an opportunity to listen to some albums in full, you know, or to create a killer playlist because, you know, we all listen to music when we drive or when we're online or, you know, whatever. But how often do we get an opportunity? Maybe other people do, but I don't get too much of an opportunity in my life to have a deep listen to albums that I really love or to sort of discover or rediscover albums um, that I haven't listened to in a while.
1: I was definitely going to ask, what do you listen to while you ran? That was my next question. So you beat me to it. T- talk to me about what gets you going. What gets you through a 15-hour run? Now, were there any, are there any surprise albums that you wouldn't expect Jordan James of Disentombed to be listening to?
0: Oh, 100%. So I listen to a playlist that's curated by me and my mate. And it's literally, you know, it's literally like just really bad rap. So I, I love, really like yeah. You know, just you know, Brock Hampton, Ray Schremer, Night Level, Migos. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of like two chains, Kanye West, Maxo O'Cream, Twenty One Savage. You know that that's kind of my go-to. Just because it, I like running to a beat, and I also like sort of listening to a lot of um, stuff that I loved when I was like eleven. So a lot of Slipknot, a lot of System of a Down. It, it, to be honest, it's really hard to run to brutal death. Yeah, I yeah. I, I, that, that's the one time I don't want to listen to brutal death metal is when I'm running. I want to listen to some. I don't know, and I'll, for example, when I'm saying like I love deep listening, I'll listen to you know all of Nirvana's discography, or the, you know I have a, a pretty broad taste in music, so I'll listen to a whole bunch of different shit. Um, but when I did the 15 hour run. um for the first seven hours, I didn't listen to music. I just sort of listened to my mind and just tried to sort of not rely on music to get me through it. And then when the pain started setting in where I felt like I couldn't run anymore, that's when I started introducing music. Um, I tried to listen to some podcasts, um, that sort of, you know, inspirational podcasts as wanky as that sounds, you know, David Goggins and all that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, so I'll listen to a wide variety of things, whatever sort of my mood pulls me into at that point.
1: I love it. What's your dog's name?
0: (laughs) Uh, That's Ronald, the sausage dog.
1: Excellent. I'm sure the listeners are curious.
0: Sausage dogs, Ronald and Penelope.
1: Two sausage dogs, Ronald and Penelope. I like that. I, I have one last question for you before I turn you over to the Thirsty Thursday gang. Uh, I did not ask you last time. It's something that I started doing during the pandemic. It's the classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Uh, it probably doesn't happen to you anymore, but it most definitely used to happen to you when you were on tour. Uh, what is your hangover cure? Um,
0: probably a Denny's uh, breakfast of some sort. That's like usually an easy go-to. Um, but lo- like I said earlier, I'm not that big of a drinker. Like I've gone entire tours without drinking. Um, you know, I just sort of made the sort of goal of not drink, you know, I was always super worried about getting sick and fucking up my vocals. So it was, um, you know, I I was, as much as I'm a boring person after the pandemic, I was pretty boring (laughs) beforehand too.
1: Boring. And then I don't agree with that. It's like the running. It's it's like the, the way you look while you run, the way you live your life. Fuck everyone else have, if, they if they have any problem with the way you live your life. Uh, Thursday, Thursday, gang, you know the drill. If you have any questions for Jordan James of disentomb, raise your digital hand and I shall call upon you. And uh, Jordan uh, will answer your question. As always, we have uh, Phil Dervitis of the Whispers from the Void podcast. Who is going to ask the first question? Here we go. Go for it, Phil.
0: Hi. Hi, Jordan. What's hey, up? I'm good. I'm good.
1: Uh, So my question, I was thinking about it like when I was driving and I was like, because I always ask questions about like, oh, uh, what what tour you want to do with what band? So I'm like, if you have a tour to plan, you have to just make a tour of yep. every genre of what you want. Okay. What do you want for an artist as a headliner? Mm. Uh, maybe two headliners, whatever, and a support act. Or two.
0: Okay, that's a really good question. So, the headliner would be Tame Impala. Ooh. Um, second headliner would be Ulcerate. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and then the supports would be uh, Disgorge and Morbid Angel. <laughs> <laughs> the Most part a pretty self standard death metal tour, other than Tame Impala. I, if you can get Tame Impala to agree with that, and Team will open, that'll be. Uh, I'd love that. You're just like doing like fucking death metal, and you're like, okay, let's Tame Impala instead, just to calm everyone up. <laughs> yeah, everyone can chill out afterwards to Tame Impala. Yeah, that'd <laughs> that's be perfect. I, I would go to that tour for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would too. I'll, I'll try and make it happen.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <Let's> do it. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks, Phil. Uh, the metal architect himself, Jerry Monk. Go for it. Well, he kind of answered my question earlier about the direction of the new
0: album because, you know, the last couple have been kind of dissonant and atmospheric. So, but if you could, if you were stranded on a desert island, what is the one album you would take with you? Probably related to the previous question, um, probably Time Impala's Currents. That's just my all-time favourite album. Um, yeah, it just means a lot to me, that album. But it, uh, I can probably answer your previous one in terms of the new style of disentomb. I would say the most it's the most pointed lyrically in terms of, you know, all the other ones have been sort of a mix of myth, biblical stuff and beasts, and this one's a lot more pointed around atheism um, and point really sort of leaning into that a whole lot. There's still a lot of sort of um, dorky Lord of the Rings beast stuff in there, but there is a lot of a strong push towards um, talking about the themes of anti-theism and atheism, which is something, you know, I really enjoy reading and listening about. So I think when you read through the lyrics, you'll see a lot of that.
1: Was that easier because there's four songs to work with versus a whole album to like tie them all together into one thematic?
0: yeah definitely because i think if you're writing 13 songs around one theme and that theme is you know that there is no god um you know, it might become a little bit repetitive mm-hmm. but you know when you have four tracks you can sort of break that off into four pillars what does that mean that there is no god um and it's much easier to sort of dissect and explore that a bit
1: very cool very cool some bands have make whole careers out of There is no God, though. But uh, I I appreciate. I I like your approach. I like. I can
0: assure there's no song called "Mad at God" on there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Brian, go for it. Um,
0: uh, COVID aside, or the pandemic aside, as a band, are there any like situations or experiences you've had to deal with that you didn't expect when you started? you know, as as a band or getting into being a, in a band, um, whether it's, you know, touring or management or uh, venue, something happened, just something out of the blue you didn't think would be the way it was. For us, anyways, it's been around um, probably negotiating because I, I do a lot of the negotiating in terms of pay and that sort of thing. And I think it's building confidence over the years, around what you're worth because especially for the first, you know, half a decade even, you're kind of taking whatever you can get and and you feel really difficult. You, you feel it's, it's a massive challenge I feel around um, valuing your art as much as you kind of – like we know we play ridiculous music that sounds like static to 99% of people in the world – Um. But it's also understanding there is value to your music and there's value to your time that you're putting into it. And I think there probably is a little bit of a mindset within the brutal death or death metal community that, you know, if you ask for your fair share, you're somehow a sellout or that sort of thing. But I think just navigating, negotiating what you're worth is probably something, you know, we never had in mind when we started the band and even when we started touring internationally. But then you know, I guess working out the logistics of uh, of being away on tour for sixteen weeks and the and doing that over, say, Europe and the and the US, um, yeah, just navigating all the logistics of that and actually working it out. You know what we should be getting or what we feel that we should be getting, and making sure that matches the demand for promoters and that sort of thing. That's probably a little bit of a um, yeah. That was just something we never had any sort of. Um, insight into going into it you know we are we just have to learn as we went i'm I'm sure like everyone else
1: Hmm. it's 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 so difficult so we talked about the last time we were together so much difficult for bands from australia so far away you guys end up leaving for 16 weeks as you mentioned which means you're hitting both a u.s tour popping up into canada for some dates a full european tour back to back most of the time what a commitment and it's it's the finances have to be there if not you know leaving the family at home leaving the job at home taking your vacation to do it it has to be worth it so you're 100% right arguing for your worth uh, Colby How's it going guys want to
0: say I love your band dude fucking awesome oh, thank you. hopefully we get to see you grace uh, North America soon enough again So it's been since 2019, I think. Right.
1: Bloodletting North America. Yes.
0: You you touched on this a little bit. I don't know if I missed it at all, but I just, I was curious how you got into wanting to be a metal vocalist besides just singing in your shower when you were 15 years old. It was, it was sort of the, um, the last opportunity because, (laughs) um, Jake started playing guitar when he was 12. I bought a bass guitar. Um, and you know learned pretty quickly that I sucked at it um and you know if I sucked at bass I wasn't going to be good at drums so I started making dumb noises with my voice and thankfully you know I I was able to do it to a passable level that I was able to hang out with some very talented people um and, and naturally it came from you know I think with my personality type I am um a bit of an you know an attention seeker in a way um so oh, I naturally gravitated towards wanting to be a front man. And, you know, I, I think seeing, you know, video clips of Morbid Angel or Cannibal Corp, you know, seeing someone like Corpse Grinder on stage when you're 14 and being like, I want to be that dude, you know, I want to have a neck thicker than my head and sound like <laughs> a demon from hell. Like, you know, th- that just naturally appealed to me. and And so I just started doing it and, Thankfully, I was able to do something that's possible that, you know, and hang out with some really talented people that meant I could do it in a band.
1: It's good advice, people. If you can't play an instrument, (laughs) make sure your friends are super talented and learn how to scream. Uh, Chris Potter, go for it.
0: Uh, You mentioned you don't like uh, brutal death metal for your running. I'm a power lifter myself. I'm just curious, like,
1: A, are you going to ever get back into weightlifting and B, Back when you were weightlifting, what was your playlist like? Uh,
0: so I recently started getting back into um, weightlifting just to help with my running. But, like, actually I've, I started deadlifting again just, you know, earlier this week I did deadlifts for the first time in ages. Um, and when I was, you know, lifting a lot more weights and probably doing a little bit more powerlifting, you know, four or five years ago, um, I probably was listening to a lot more brutal death metal. Well, I think my my music playlists um, change with whatever I'm doing, um, but you know I, I love listening to Defeated Sanity or Discourge when I'm lifting. There's like especially if there's just a certain song and there's like if I'm going in for a deadlift and there's a certain bit that I want to lift lift to, you know I love just choosing a song. Um, but otherwise, I like listening to a lot of hardcore. Um, while I lift, um, and you know, they're, they're a super high band, but I love not loose and so I love lifting to Knock loose. Um, but yeah, I, I've started lifting a lot recently, you know, in the last few weeks I've, I've been lifting a lot more and just trying to get that balance between, um, lifting and running because I don't want to just, you know, be a guy that runs a bit because I, I you know, I was into weightlifting for so many years. And sort of and that was a big part of my identity for so many years, and it, it has felt weird to sort of transition into you know not being that guy that you know was kind of a bit bigger and and, and that sort of thing that um, so I'm trying to sort of get a, a healthy balance with that again as well. It's a good question though
1: love it love the balance, the thematic of balance coming up through this uh, a question for myself. Uh, with the help of the metal architect a why has it not happened that's probably because it's very complicated but like a full australian lineup u.s tour you a european tour um obviously cycroptic comes to mind um what other bands should be there Jer, jerry help me with this what other bands there's, there's I mean, werewolves, but, that's, but werewolves. werewolves are also psychroptic, so that doesn't help, yeah. really. Well, I mean, but, I mean, take a break in
0: between like, distant tomb, psychoptic, and then a band in between. Hmm. You know, if it wasn't just strictly death metal, like, they are sort of towards the death metal side of deathcore, but you could have a version's crown. Huh. They're a great band. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah. There's a uh, there's a band. There's a band called Resin Tomb that the guy who's also yeah. in Siberian Hell Sounds and like a million other fucking bands. You could have them as well.
0: Yeah, we're good. We're good friends with those dudes. Um, yeah, we we played a show with them last year in July, actually. So, yeah, look, there's definitely enough quality in Australia where you could organize it. It would just be a matter of being really intentional about booking something like that. And I think, you know, if you had a band like. Or if you had bands like Cycroptic and Disentomb, with the idea of you know going out there with maybe two others, you could definitely do it for sure. Um, and I think there probably needs to be something like that, you know, like to fly the flag a bit. Or maybe you could have sort of Australia and New Zealand, considering we're pretty much the same country. Um,
1: you call like "c" is not the is not a swear word or something across yeah. <laughs> across <laughs> North America <laughs> or something. just a thought uh jordan thank you so so much for hanging out with me the thirsty thursday gang this is always a blast i'm so stoked to have you back on the podcast Uh, basically almost 300 episodes later so damn cool can't wait to hang out again in the flesh uh looking forward to it already i'm very very excited about the new ep nothing above it's going to be massive. Uh, when can people maybe think of it hearing some of this new material?
0: Uh, we're hoping to release a single sort of by September, October, um, with a release later this year through Unique Leader Records. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be out all through our socials and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I just want to say congratulations, man. Last time we actually spoke, you know, episode 88, it's been great to see, you know, you thrive and not only survive through the pandemic, but thrive and to see box and hops become such a massive thing. And, you know, and that you've got a community built. It's been awesome
1: to see. Well, thank you so, so much. And thank you for hanging out with me. Massive cheers. As always, thirsty, Thursday gang, unmute yourselves, make some noise for Jordan. Jane's a distant tomb. We had a blast. You should have been here with us, everyone. You could have made noise right now too. Here we go. Make some noise. Three, two, one. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so, so much for listening right today. You know that I love and appreciate that, man. This was an awesome thirsty Thursday virtual hang. What a blast this was. I love reconnecting with Vox and hops alumni and seeing how they've been. Cause you know, we, we talk, we hang out a lot. And then, boom, we're separated for two years, basically, because of a global pandemic. We we kept in touch a little bit here and there, but it's nothing like sitting down and sharing a beer with someone and actually having a conversation. Such a blast. Very excited for that brand new Distant 2 material that's coming up. You should get excited for it as well. Massive cheers to Jordan. I uh, want to start running. You're inspiring me. I'm going to hit the pavement, uh, and I will be thinking of you as I do it. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox & Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can go on my website, Vox & Hops That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. When you do that, you shall receive one email a month that contains all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. You'll get to see which episodes I've released recently. You'll get to see which episodes I have coming up. You'll get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently. You'll get to see any information about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. And trust me, I always have a bunch of things going on behind the scenes. You also get to see which albums jerry monk the metal architect himself has added to the brutal awakenings playlist the most extreme fresh new music that is dropping every week jerry listens to it all somehow and he puts it on the playlist for you to enjoy it's available on both apple music and spotify the brutal awakenings playlist is what you want to be listening to trust me there is just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hospital Podcast. I hate for you to miss a single thing, so sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hospital Podcast is brought to you by Sound Challenge Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer killer weekend. I will be back next week with one episode on Tuesday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads.
0: Hello everybody.